Let's go, and we're back, all right? What's up, everyone? Welcome to 614 Headsets. Uh, we're your co-host. First of all, I'm going to introduce Ryan Sayers. How's everybody doing? We got Donovan White. What's up, everyone? And then today's going to special guest, who we're going to spend a little bit more time in the future talking about, Jason Hale. Jason, say what's up to everybody. What's going on, man? Can't wait to get started. Hey, Tom Brady said it best. Football is unconditional love, and we couldn't agree more. This game is a lifestyle, and we consider ourselves a movement of that lifestyle. In fact, I've even hashtagged call us the lifestyle a little bit because we love this game. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, we're three high school football coaches from the Columbus area who live and love this game and can't get enough of it. That's why we're 614 headsets. And you boys see what I'm wearing today? I had to put this special shirt on with the dog pound. And it's not just because Jason Hale's joining us, but because, believe it or not, Cleveland is our second most downloaded city. So we're going to do this hey, one that's time. That's Northeast Ohio for you. That's that where I'm from. I'm Cleveland telling you, football deep there. Cleveland's been showing us love, so let's show Cleveland a little love. Here we go. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I knew Jason would come in. Hey, so I, I love thing, that. Though. Get that hey, out I of thought here. it was going to be because they were going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't know. Yeah. This is our year. I've been saying it since Ma was born, baby. It's our every, year. Every year, man. I you all three year. Browns fans? We all are. three of you guys are Browns? Jeez. Donnie, yes. what are you? Don't even uh, do it. Washington Commanders. Oh, oh. <laughs> your team was made up yeah. two years ago. Three years ago. <laughs> No, no, no. It was remade like a year ago from another team that was made from another team before that. So it's it's a bit of a mess. So I had to do that. I had to put the shirt on. I had to show Cleveland some love. And I know my buddy Jason's a big Browns fan. So that's why this shirt's on today. The playoff pound, baby, all bark. But speaking of love, uh, we have some love coming in the mail to some of you. All right. I sent this week, I sent some 614 swag out to some of you that helped retweet, helped comment, helped reach out to us the most. Uh, I'm sorry. I couldn't see exactly who rated us and stuff. That's a learning experience. I thought you could, but we couldn't. So, uh, some of that stuff's coming to you guys. And if you're a listener and you still, and you're one of these loyal people that have been with us from the start, or you're all in right now and you're joining this lifestyle, let us know, and I want to send you something, all right? So reach out to me, send me a DM, or send one of us a text or anything like that, and we'll help you out. Uh, before we get rolling today's show, man, this thing is catching on, and we love it. You know, our show is almost already booked all the way into July. Uh, but what I want to know is, like, as we continue to craft these episodes, what type of content are you loving? What type of episodes do you want to hear Comment back on our highlights, our posts, reach out to us uh, because we want to make this show for you, right? Here's the thing, too, though. Don't just tell us the good things, right, Stout? That's right. You can tell us the things you don't want to hear about and stuff like that, too, though. Don't mention anything about my background. It's a work in progress. Hey, FYI. Shifted some things around a little bit. <laughs> I mom, know. I know. Mom, say hey, it. Shout out, Mom. I love you. I know you're going to watch this. She said that your background is terrible. I, listen, I got my yourself, I got my college jersey right here to the left, but I had to shift this room around when I cleared it out, and so it's a work in progress. Yeah, she says she said it's my terrible. wife is struggling, so I, I got to yeah. come into the uh, other room. But we still got good family pictures here. That's still That's good. Great. That's great. And I'm gonna be honest. At any moment, I'm in Studio 1.2 right now, and at any moment, this $20 Facebook Marketplace chair might snap. So we might get some good stuff going today. But, hey, let's get into it. I think the people want to get going. Donovan, tell us what we got going on. Today. We've got a great lineup for today. We're going to get a little intro from Coach Hale, uh, get in some pregame music favorites, some interesting choices along the lines, a little bit of different genres and styles going on there, uh, and then talk about how we build relationships with players uh, and then build your system around those players as well. So we got some good stuff coming up, uh, and, and let's get it started off right. Stout, why don't you go ahead and introduce Coach Jason Hale. And I'm excited to have my buddy, Big As Hale, on here today. What up, Skags? What up, baby? All right. So, hey, everyone, this is Jason Hale. Jason Hale is the head football coach and head track coach at Antwerp High School, home of the Archers. All right? Just so you know. Uh, Jason and I, we grew up in the same area. He's the pride of South Central High School. Go Spartans. Trojan. All right. 
Trojans. 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 Hey. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I thought Spartans. Hey man, come on. It was small school. My bad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, better than, hey, it's better than an arrow, though, right? That, it could be. You're right. He's the best amateur wrestler in the Midwest. All right. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you right now, this oh, no, man no, no. is as big as Big Show, and he can wrestle probably better him. And, you know, I got to tell my best story of Jason. Have you story. wrestled him, Stout? No, oh. I knew better. Oh, oh, He's a big bear. wrestle better. I thought you might have so wrestled So, it yeah. was all for show. You know when you're in camp and just the dog days of camp, and there ain't nobody around, there ain't nothing going on, so people are always put on performances before position meetings or team meetings. That was Jason Hale. And Jason Hale, and we had about two, three other guys, could do everything you ever wanted in, in pro wrestling. They were just phenomenal. <laughs> and I got to tell this best story of Jason for these viewers as we get started. So every time before our team meeting at night, we would all sprint there 15, 20 minutes before <laughs> we would have little, little – presentations like hazing light hazing right yeah. where we would get the young guys they would, have to get up, they would have to get up on stage they would have to say where they're from so we'd always be like what's your name and they'd say their name right and then we would be like where are you from and they would say where they're from and then we'd be like what was your record <laughs> and these cocky kids they come in they're like we were 13 and 2 Every, everybody stand boom, just screaming at them right if they were terrible, they're like two and eight. Everyone cheers, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then if they were like anywhere around 500, everybody would go, yay, <laughs> you know? And it was it was just tradition, man. That's what we did. But one day, and this is the funniest Jason thing ever, they took the smallest freshman kid they could find. This kid had to be in a small or a medium, right? And if you're listening right now, like I said, Jason is as big as the big show, okay? Jason, what size T-shirt were you in in college? Uh, 4X. 4X. They found a kid in a smaller medium, Ooh. and they made them switch shirts, and they somehow squeezed this smaller medium onto <laughs> him, and the big one on him. It was it was hilarious, man. Uh, but I, I can't wait to get going. Uh, that's Jason Hale. Everybody loves him. He's the big show. Donovan, transition us in his first topic. Let's, Let's go. Let's do it. All right, Sarah, you kind of had the uh, tradition started last week with the All Gas Awards, and so we thought we'd transition that into our favorite music, pregame music specifically. I was a little confused. I, I get I'm the uh, the youth of the group, so I was like, is this more playing days? Is this co you know coaching days? So it was a little bit of a mix for me, but I'll throw this up at the beginning and towards the end again. The I'm Sayers. Be real, though. Hey, mm. Donnie Max is next to mine. I'm rocking with Donnie Max. It's hard, isn't it? Not bad, right? Yeah, I'm going to be honest cool. with you. I have no idea what Zanny family is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let me get into mine. All right. And let me preface with this. I did not include the greatest song of all time in there. It is Live Your Life by Rihanna and T.I. I always listen to that playing or coaching, but it's not the typical pregame music. And I don't know if it's my favorite pregame music, but it's the greatest song of all time. Either way, number one, Run This Town, Jay-Z and Rihanna. It, I, I got it timed up when I was a player and as a coach, like right before specific moments, getting off the bus, like it'll start walking down the hill at Miami, walking into a stadium in high school, whatever it was. Love that song. Zanny Family by Future. Always got to have Future on your playlist. If you are if you don't, you're doing something wrong because, yes, I'm going to say it, Future is the greatest rapper of all time. You can and agree or disagree. Bold statement. Okay. Yep. And then last, a little classic, Paradise by Big Sean. Number three was tough because I was like, do I want new music in there? Do I want some old music? Paradise by Big Sean is a bit of a classic, and I love it. And and you know what? I'm glad you said that with number three because I, I did this kind of the same thing. Number one for me Till I Collapse by mm -hmm. Eminem, an absolute banger, has been that, on my playlist since I was in high school. Ryan, that was what are you almost on mine. I'm not going to last out. That was know. very, that, very that, close to That mine. one to this day, it still hits even as a coach. I very had it. close. Number two for me, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a generational thing, but In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Mm -hmm. It was so like a, a generational thing. It I, was, I don't do nothing for me. 
It's an O line thing. I don't know what yeah, it is. We listen to that. The O line, but O line is always the weirdest dudes on the team. Right? Shout out Ashland, Ohio, the Arrows baby. Right, we would be that would be on every Friday night, and it would set the tone. Somehow went to college, and it was the same thing, man. And I tell you what, that thing, whew, you just get these shivers thinking about being back in that moment, hearing that song. And then I'm with you, Donovan. I took number three as mm-hmm. the the new thing. The what or like, are you kind of currently like, hey, this is it? And every playlist I've ever made since kind of we get into this current side has been, I'm on a new level, huh? You know what I mean? I had I had to do it. The remix version of it is better. I'll have to send it to you later. Way better. So now I'm up. I got the best playlist by far. Everyone's gonna agree with me. I already know. All gas. Hey, hey, hey that is st- my playlist is all gas, no breaks. Like I, I'm telling you right now, you listen to these three songs and you're running through a wall, baby. <laughs> Look. Stick talk if that's not on your top three, if that's not number one in your list, or future's not on your list. Um, I see two dudes on here, the only other two that don't have future on their list, they're just missing out, right? <laughs> I 100% agree. They must not just be juiced up before games, but <laughs> it is. Um, you know, stick talk that that one we came out to that in college, we come out that uh to that in Northland. Um, that that's the song we run out to, which is uh obviously pretty unique but um and then number two everybody knows dreams and nightmares by meek mill um mm-hmm. that's our pre-game song right before we walk out as a team that's our song right after we win a big game um and then number three tough one so i went the opposite route right like you guys kind of had i went with the old school one there right <clears throat> this song is always gonna give me uh get me going that was the song I listened to before my games in high school. Uh, is X going to give it to you by DMX. And now my son's name's Xavier only because of this song. Love it. <laughs> I never no, I'm playing. But, but it's going to be his theme song, though. And I was, when he was coming out of the womb, I was playing it. Come on, give me one. Yeah, you know, a man is going to see it. Hey, that's why he barks a lot, growls a lot, acts like a dino. He's X going to give it to you. <laughs> that's a great song though man i'm gonna tell you what the bass in that great one is hard and you know what again i got some new stuff to download i'm gonna be honest i don't know stick talk either what yeah no donnie come on back it's, me up there it, it's definitely a top five future song which makes it an all-time great song so hey, thank you. the best thing about this segment is hold me, on Coach Hale, do you yeah. know future? Do you listen to future where down down there in that south side, Ohio? I'm from complete opposite sides. Future, you got to have a little bit of a I, I don't know, like if you don't get into it, like hey, with first off, bangers. dummy, the guy said he's from northwest Ohio, almost near Fort Wayne. See here, yeah. now Shay, Sayers' prime true self is shining through right now. Oh, uh, here, just because you messed up his thing. Now here you go. That's two you mistakes. Hey, we're off. even. We're even. They always want to ponder your <laughs> stuff off. It's ridiculous. Right. Coach Hale, give us your top three pregame music, pregame well, song. I, I think mine has kind of changed, you know, as as I've taken over kind of as head coach now. Uh, we we have a little bit of a walk out to our field from our field house. Um, and we walk out to Inner Sandman. So that's a that's the number one for me. Gets us going. We got a fan tunnel when we come out. So when that thing's going, man, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty great. Uh, you always got to go, you know, number two, lose yourself. Some, some type of NMM is always on there. So, yeah. you know, that's, uh, either, you know, all, all these on here are good, good pregame for him. And then, you know, I had to go a little throwback for nine, my number three. I had to think about a little bit, probably about my junior year, sophomore year, little Roy Jones, I think Oh four, maybe mm-hmm. not sure on that hundred percent, but right around there can't be touched. I mean, that's just a classic. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my, uh, pregame list, you know, and as, you know, you play some of these. You know, as you know, as head coach, you get you get command of the uh, the music controls in the weight room some days. So Love when you it. play some of these old school songs, you know, you gotta let these you gotta let these guys know what it's about now. Hey, Love do you rem- you want to know what can't be touched? Reminds me of EA Sports Fight Night. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of EA Sports. Sayers, that was a boxing game back in hey, the day. Listen, that was a hey, that's a great boxing game. I'm right. that one because you could heal your player up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I'm gonna knock out so quick in that game. 
Donovan, All right, move on, next right? thing, please. <laughs> Let's go on to the next topic. So when we talk about not only just the, the, the process it takes to get to success, but building the relationship with players, Coach Hale, it, it, from uh, you know what I understand, you've got a really interesting journey when it comes to building up that culture and building the relationship with the players. And so talk to us about kind of what that journey was like for you, your team, your career. Give us kind of your background and how your story started when it comes to high school football and that journey. Hold up, hold up. Before before we t- let, let's let's literally let viewers know how rare this journey is and what mm-hmm. we're talking about. We're talking about a journey of uh, look at you shoving a snack in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a journey of zero and ten to making it to a regional championship game. Jeez. That I mean, th- unbelievable. And so, as absolutely, Jason, tell us about that. Yeah, you know, so obviously I've been uh, I've been pretty lucky uh, with being here in Antwerp. It's a great place, great community. Uh, so I started in uh, 14 as an assistant. Uh, and my first year, we only had 19 guys. So, you know, we, you know, we had to put 19 strong was our model that year. We had 19 guys. We won our first game, uh, went one and nine as an assistant, you know, so that was some tough times. Um, then, and then we go, you know, the next couple of years, and then we actually end up, uh, when I was still assistant in 2015, we t- we had to take a year off of varsity. Um, our numbers weren't great, but we knew we had some special groups down below the group in high school, and then especially our group that was in fourth and fifth grade. Then we knew they were coming, so you know we took a year off for JV uh, when I was still assistant, uh, and we had a really good year. You know we were, we were playing a lot of freshmen, so you know it, it's hard, and you, and you guys know playing big schools, but you know especially. You know, when you're trying to play freshman against seniors, it's tough. So we wanted those guys to gain some confidence. And and luckily, we had the support of our administration in, in our conference. Uh, and we were able to take a, do a year of JV. Uh, so then we come back after that JV year, and we go 2-8. and eight. Um, You know, we're playing a bunch of sophomores. And then uh, we went 1-9 in 2017. And then in 2018, we went 6-4. and four. Uh, That was our first winning record since 2007. So, you know, that group we took that year off for when they were freshmen, uh, they played. So that's when I was still assistant. Then – uh, in 2019, uh, I take over as head coach, uh, very, very ecstatic and excited for the chance, you know, to, to build my own program, uh, with that knew knew what we had. Um, and so, you know, we, we, uh, we lose a lot of seniors, obviously when I take over in 2019. Um, but, uh, you know, we had some injuries that year and we got 0 and 10 my first year. So. You know, that's, it's tough being a small school. You know, we're D7, obviously. So we got 0-10. You know, all these ideas you have, things you want to try to do, you know, you got, you got to play with what personnel you have, and that's what we had to do that year. Uh, and injuries really really hurt us that year. So we got 0-10. Uh, come back next year, uh, and this is a year that, you know, these fourth and fifth graders, a special group we have now that are juniors going to be seniors that we kind of been waiting for, uh, a great group of kids. They're they coming as freshmen. Obviously, you guys remember, you know, COVID hits us 2020, right? So, uh, you know, that crazy year when we figured out the playoffs, all that, you know, we were ex- we were excited for a chance to get the playoffs. So we hadn't won a game. You know, we go down uh, and we go down and play Waynesfield Goshen. Uh, and I get my – we win 20-17, to 17, led by a freshman quarterback. Takes us on a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. Throws a post over the middle, win the game, and we get a defensive stop uh, to hold them. So that was my first career win in the COVID year. Uh, so that, you know, that was pretty special playoff win, kind of a unique year, something I'll never forget. Uh, and then we end up, we win, you know, that season we played. So we lost our next playoff game, but still had two more games and we were able to get another win. So my second year we go to, uh, you know, two and eight. Uh, so all, we had a bunch of great, a bunch of great freshmen coming back uh, with that. You know, we had a, the plan was never to play. Uh, Carson Ultimus is our, is our going to be our senior quarterback, first team Ohio last year for D7. Uh, the plan was never to play him as a freshman. But injuries happened, and he kind of got thrown into it. And I really think that really helped him. Again, you know, that's kind of what we evaluate. You know, you got to build your system on what we have, and he's a very good player for us. So we built things around him, you know, starting into that freshman year, going into the sophomore year. So then we come out in 2021. Uh, so we have a great group of seniors that year, plus the group that we have now that's going to be seniors were sophomores. And uh, we were able to go 9-3, and three, uh, make a playoffs, win a playoff game. 
Uh, so, and we lost our second round 26, 21. So close game. Uh, so that was my, that was my second year. So then, you know, you lose 14 seniors off of a, a playoff team at a D seven school. That's, that's tough to replace, man. Uh, and you know, we, but I knew what we had and this group was pretty special. So we come back after going nine and after going, uh, nine and three, we come back and we go 13 and one led by a great group. We had, I only had two seniors last year led by a bunch of, a bunch of dudes that were juniors, man. Uh, you know, we got 14 of them, they're dudes. And we come back and go 13 and one, win the first conference title ever in our history, uh, and then make a regional final. So it has been, you know, we have a great group of resilient kids and I've tried to build everything around them, build relations with them. And, you know, you have a vision of what you want to do. And, and this is what's happened uh, with that. So I've been extremely lucky, blessed, great community, great kids. And, I am so stinking ready to get to single rolling this year, man. It's, you know, you guys know when you guys got coming back, when you know what you got coming back, it's just we're going to be ready, you know, and uh, I'm very excited. So that's kind of our journey. You know, as we get ready to go into off-season workouts here starting in about two weeks, that's where we're at. So we got – we return – we lost two seniors. That's it. We got 40, 46 guys coming back next year, total on the team, 9 to 12. So that's the most we've ever had. Again, remember when we started out my first year, we had 19 guys. So now we're at, now we're at 45 guys uh, going to be on the team next year, uh, you know, having to, you know, look at getting some more jersey, things like that, some great things to have. So, you know, it's a great problem to have. And I'm super excited to be at this place to represent Antwerp and represent our guys. So just just super thankful. And this is a life I've actually lived before. All right. My first head coaching job was Crestline, Ohio. The Bulldogs. To fill everybody in. Okay. I grew up 25 minutes from this town. I drove to the town next to it to eat all the time my entire life. When I applied for the job, I had to Google map where I was applying to. And I was like, that's right there. Are you serious? <laughs> right? And it was the Bulldogs. You got it, Jason. But they were most famously known as the Junkyard Dogs, baby, because the stadium was right next to the yep. town junkyard, just yep. grit and sandpaper. You know what I mean? Yep. But I lived this life, man. I remember when we first came in, uh, we had that same thing in the teens, 18, 19 kids, all every assistant coach is holding a pad and a scout look, trying to even give an 11 on 11. Half line. Ha all of your stuff, you're not even doing inside run. You're doing half line stuff and everything. And it was the biggest shock to my system ever, man. And, and I, I, you're pulse testing kids. But you're live. We need you. Come on out. You know what I mean? And that, that's exciting to hear, man. I'm so dang proud of you because, you know, that's a journey many people don't gut it out and finish through, man. Yeah, I've been, you know, we've been, I've been extremely lucky with great support from our administration, great support from the community. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're looking forward to what's going to happen this year, you know, you know, as a head coach, you have a vision of what you what you want to build and what you want to do. And, you know, we've just kind of – I felt like I've stayed true to who I am and true to who we are as a program, you know, build our cornerstones on character and accountability and work ethic and, and you know, being accountable to each other. And, and our guys have really bought into that with our off-season workouts. They're accountable to each other. They're showing up with a, you know, 99%, 100% attendance rate, you know, and, and putting the work in. So it takes time to change, man. You got – when, you, you know, you, when you're a head coach, you take over and – not, I didn't necessarily need to change. I just needed, you know, we just need a new life into a program, man. You know, when you, you know, you, you, you go, oh, and, you know, oh, and 10 your first year, you got to, you know, you got to rejuvenate some things. And we kind of looked at the way we did some things and were more efficient in practice. Um, and I, I, and Kyle, you know, I'm a high energy, high, high motor kind of guy. And that's the way I coach. And that's what I want your guys to do is play with energy. Um, and I'm a big believer in, in coaching with passion and our guys show passion. So, you know, it's, what you the way I am is the way I want our guys to be super passionate, love the game, care about each other, and and they've done that the last couple of years, so it's been great to see. Coach, did you know? So, like to me, you said the six and four season that stuck out yep. to me. The first season yep. it was a winning season, right? Yep. Did you know, like at that season, that could be a turning point for you guys, or did you also know at that time, like maybe I want to take this program over? Like, with how? At well, that time, yeah. that's so, so when we our, when we went when we took our year off for JV. We were trying to get to this that group that went six and four because they were going to come in too. They were we had some good good seniors that year that we went six and four, but then we still had a group that were fourth and fifth grade. You know at that time that were coming up that are our seniors now. So it was kind of the a bridge of both worlds. We knew we had a good group then, so to to try to finish them and we went six and four. 
but then to still try to keep building things up for the group we have now. So it's, you know, it's, it's been a little bit of both, you know, that's a constant battle. I feel like at small schools that coaches have to deal with, you're constantly looking at your sixth, fifth, fourth, third grade numbers, you know, and hoping those kids make it to you and, and uh, you can get them out for varsity. After winning, what's the numbers look like now? That's my last. That's yeah, so that's so we're, at, we're at, we're going to be at 45 guys next year. So we were at 30 last year. I think we were at 36. Uh, so we'll be at 45 this year. I just had a, a meeting this week. So we'll be at 45 guys this year. So we went from 19 and, you know, just under, you know, eight years ago to 45 guys now. So it's, it's, it's great. Numbers are always so interesting because when I took over at Northland, right, when I took over the city, right, I took over COVID year. That was my first year in the city, everything. Oh, man, there were some days we would come out to practice with like 15. There were some days I'd come out to practice have 31 kids. Yep. You know what I mean? So I get that. That's That numbers kind of thing is always interesting to me. Um, and I always say winning cures all, right? Uh, now your numbers continue to go up. Winning cures yeah. all yeah. in every uh, sport. So, like, Jason, like obviously you have a winning culture now, and that's amazing clearly when you came in, it was a losing culture, right? I looked back through a lot of the records. Yeah. And, and yeah. Looked. So like, so, so basically, like, so hold on. What's that? So like, just so people understand, like a winning culture, it happens. Right. And it, it goes from there. It's very easy to get stuck in a losing culture. Right. And I'm, I'm just assuming I could be wrong, but I'm assuming there was a little bit of that or things that you absolutely wanted to see change. When you got there, you talked about breathing new life in and stuff. What did you focus on that got you to this point to make that change? Yeah, so I think, you know, we had great success, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010. And then we, you're right, Kyle, we went in that loop basically from, you know, kind of 2010 to 2017 there or whatever that was that um, that we needed. We were kind of in that loop. So I think the biggest thing for me was I just tried to build a relationship with guys, show them that I care, you know, that I, I see them. I make an effort to see them in the hallway during during the school day. I'm making an effort to try to go to the basketball games, you know, all the, all the things that are involved. And I try to make a point to show that I care because I do, you know, and I feel like if our guys know they care about you, they're going to be able to, they'll run through a wall for you, you know? And, and I think the biggest thing, like I said, is building player relationships. Also, we really try to focus on, you know, our guys have great chemistry off the field. So getting them to build relationships on their own through, you know, we do some, we know we do some team bonding things in the summer with, you know, some, some competitive days, things like that. You know, we, Kyle, we, you know, we, Taken from Ashland, we do summer accountability teams, and I'm a big believer in that. You know, we draft. We're actually gonna have a draft on Friday for our seniors to draft their summer teams. You know, they're they're accountable to make sure those guys are there with them to get go through go through the summer war. You know, the summer war process and getting better. So, just building those relationships, and learning how to interact with each other, I think it's been the big thing I really try to focus on. You know, and and just being positive. You know, it's it's easy, like you said, to get stuck in that in that loop where you know you're having not not having enough kids coming out or not winning games, but you just got to stay positive and you got to believe in what you what you know. And, and I knew we had a special group coming up and I knew we just had to get to these guys and let them do what they do. You know, a, a lot of my great mentors have told me, it's all about Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. And we have, we have great Jimmy's and Joe's here, man, this, this, these couple of years here. So building those relationships with those guys, putting them in positions to be successful. That's kind of really what we try to focus on. I, and, and Jason's doing a great point. He's getting us into this next topic of what we want to talk about. And that's building relationships with players or your staff. And my favorite, my favorite we, thing. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say because even as teachers, we hear it all the time, right? Like you can't really get the most out of somebody until you've established a relationship with them. And that's kind of what we want to talk about. You have to be very intentional in the way you do that. It's got to be more than just how you doing, bud. Hmm. Right. You know, those types of things. So Let's have a little talk about, and maybe there's other coaches. We've had a lot of coaches reach out to us and say they love what they're doing and what we're doing and talking about. What are some of the ways we intentionally build those relationships or strategies we've seen have success? I'll, I'll list out what I got, Eric. So I'm curious to, to sit back and hear your guys' you know, takes and your guys' experiences. Being, I mean, this is my second – Coach Elvin, this is my second year coaching, right? Yep, and going in my second year, first was at Gahanna last year. He's a baby. I know. I got, I'm a little inexperienced, but the things that's like ever though. Hold on, Coach Donnie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Kyle, explain to him, Coach Hale, why he has the literally best situation. We <laughs> imagine. Go ahead, Stout. Real quick. I imagine 
Jason, you, you get to come in and you get to coach at your alma mater. And in your first year, you win a conference championship for the first time in over 20 years. Oh. And you win the first regional championship oh. in over 40. Uh, Could you like, imagine? He ain't battle tested. We got to see what type of grit he has. Is he going to get a statue? That's all I want to know. That's, yeah. Yeah, like, that's what I need. It's all Donnie Mack. That's why I say But go yeah. ahead, Coach Mack. Coach. Wait, real quick question. You're uh, O-line coach, right? Yep. Took that over for Coach Stout when he, you know, when he, he's calling the plays. What's that? Was Coach Stout the O-line coach before that? You Stout, you were at Gehanna, what, three, four years before then? So before that, for about three years before that, I was yeah. at Gehanna as the offensive line coach and co-OC, and I coached the O-line. And uh, now I'm just like a traveling salesman. I don't know. I spend a little time in the O-line. I cover for the tight ends and do some tight ends when the tight end coach can't make it for a little bit. I coach receivers. I mean, you, I, I, I try to just work with every group almost and just get a picture of everything. Mm-hmm. Where does your heart lie, though? Come on. Oh, it's, it's with the it's with the yeah. it's with the trench mob, man. That's right, baby. But here's the thing, like, and it takes more than one coach to be there. Sure. So mm-hmm. we've got our we've got our staff situation just a little bit better this year, where now I can give a little bit more support and spend a little more time with that group. And it just it, what I like too about not being tied to the specific position is I can bounce around more, right? Mm-hmm. There might be a week where I feel like I, I feel good with us down here, maybe in the box with inside run. I might only have to watch four or five plays, but I got to go over here and I got to do something else. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, I, and I've said this before in other things. I, I mean, Dima was the first guy I called. Like when, when Bruce offered me the job to come back and be offensive coordinator, excuse me, Dima was the first guy I called. I sat there at my table. He was the first guy I'd written down. I knew he loved uh, Gahanna. I knew he would translate. I see that he would come in and give pregame speeches. He always would hang around the team. I just knew he was going to make a great coach and somebody I could trust to walk away from that group from. It is so hard for me to get away from that group. And uh, unfortunately, Donovan has to kind of bear the brunt of me sometimes. So thanks, Donovan. It's it's all worth it. It's all worth it. It's been a fun ride. But – Going into my second year, it's it's a little different of the mindset of building relationships because I'm still learning how to do that, like in the sense of high school football. But the things that I kind of noticed I, I took from my college years because I, I loved my college O-line coach to death, George Barnett. I can't say enough about him, what he did as a coach and as a mentor. And I, I take a lot from him. One of the things is honesty with these guys, like being honest with them, even the small things. In, in the small things of admitting like, hey, like, you know, we watched this game. I didn't coach you well enough on this drill to prepare you for, you know, all four of the D linemen going straight to a bull rush. Like that's on me. And they recognize that honesty or even the like I, I wrote on here. We all know we have an impact right as, as teachers for a lot of you, for a lot of you guys. But as coaches, we have the opportunity to impact these kids we all remember our high school playing days and we all remember our high school coaches and we get to make these kids, you know, give them a little push to not becoming just a better student or player, but a better future dad, you know, son, brother, uh, husband, whatever. And I feel like if you coach with that mentality and that kind of uh, mindset, they notice that like they, they can pick up just because they're in high school doesn't mean they don't pick up on stuff. They can see your body language and your the way you verbalize things, the way they the way you talk about things. They see it come about. And so that's one of the things I've noticed and, and kind of picked up on. And figuring out what they need. Talk to them. Some of these kids are in different circumstances and, and figure out how they need to be coached, what their goals are. You know, a kid who wants to go play college football, it's, it's a little different than a kid who, you know, just wants who just loves high school football. You got to talk to them and, and motivate them different ways. And that's a good point. I mean, when you get into talking about when I think about just a couple things that I think can help you build relationships um, is that intentional positive messages. If you think about it, we are such perfectionists as coaches that a lot of times when we are coaching kids hard from an effort perspective or a technique thing it might come across negative to a lot of today's kids. You know, coach mm-hmm. is always on me. I'm never doing the right thing. And that, that's why one of the things that I thought was really good that we did is you, you would think that last year was the easiest thing in the world going 13 and two, but it wasn't. In fact, mm-hmm. it might've been the hardest year I've ever had coaching one of them. Um, 
and, and what it was reaching all these personalities and different types of kids and needs they had. Um, and one thing that happened that I thought was really good was talking to our assistant coaches and telling them about sending intentional messages, message a kid, mm -hmm. tell him what he's doing great. Tell him you love him. Tell him what you're proud of him for taking that intentional moment to really speak one-to-one -one with a kid and let him know what you're proud about, what he's doing well. And, and a lot of time that's because we might be the only ones that are, are doing that for a kid and how much of a difference that could make for them. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'll say too, and you talked about it when, before you asked me to come be on the staff. And I think I, I've got a unique perspective, which to me, it's living the dream. Like I, I I've, I've always said, I don't know if I could coach football if it wasn't at Gahanna. And maybe that's just because it's year two, but I, I, I live and bleed Gahanna and the, the, to be able to talk to these kids about what it means to represent like their community. It's a little different. Like that's just, that's not everyone can relate to that. That's the unique perspective. Like I can talk with these kids of like, I played O-line in the same stadium, not anymore, but the same stadium, the same jerseys, same crowd as you guys did. Like we can relate to an extent. So if you find something to relate on, it, it just, it, it, it furthers that a little bit and it's fun. It's fun to do. It's different. I think nowadays, like really like the youth is different. Right. And you mm -hmm. know, I'm only 27 years old. Right. So I, I'm super young. I feel like as a head coach for sure, I'm real young, but um, I feel like for me, that's like an up that I have on other head coaches that I can really relate to our kids and understand but then there's still pieces that i don't relate that much to right like our my high school career was like snapchat was just coming out right like twitter <laughs> was kind of just coming out like we were just getting into that stuff right now it's like full bore it's wild and, and i think that's important and like one thing that i i truly believe is unique about coaching is like and what we try to do as coaches at Northland, like what I told our coaches is, you know, you have to understand your players. Don't get to know your players. Like get to understand them, right? Understand what they're going through. Know what they're doing at home. Know your players. Like know if they're having a bad day. Every day that I, I see my guys I'm like, and our kids, like, will say stuff. Like I'll be like, are you good? And then they'll say it back, are you good? You know what I mean? I say it every time I see them, every time I look at them in the school, every time I see them in the hallway, my first thing is, what's up, baby? Are you good? My guy. All right, now. Have a great day. Get to class. Or do you got a pass? You don't got a pass? All right, 15 push-ups real quick. Go back to class. You know what I mean? So, like, there's little things, and I think that um, it's unique right now. What we're on right now, this podcast is unique. There's so many different uh, – there's different environments in all three of our different spots, right? Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, uh, Coach Hale is going to say, I think relationships are the most important in my at my school, right? Gahan is going to say they think the relationships are the most important piece of their team at their school, right? And I'd argue, you know, in the city, I think relationships are most important, which in general, just football in general, the relationships that you make and the lifelong memories and the, and the friends that you make, um, is the most important. I try to get our kids to understand that. Um, it's like the, these days you just don't get back and the relationship that you have with them, right? Because a lot, do you have kids, Coach Hale? No. No, you don't have kids. Coach Mac, you don't have any kids, right? Mm -mm. Coach no, I, I tell you what, though. Donna <laughs> is the busiest, most non-married non-kid guy i know he's always got something that is a conflict or issues like that's it i'm done that's and, and i think that that's unique is like bringing your family around them, right like our kids will see xavier's like some days it don't work out that he makes it to the end of the game right it just, it just doesn't work out as a two-year-old he don't make it to the end of the game i'm literally signaling defense like our open green coat all our stuff and i see in the background here goes my son running across the fucking defense all the way around the back and there goes my fiance sprinting after him and i'm like trying to watch the game but i we bring our families around like no matter what our kids will know pretty much who our families are and they they know who my son is right they see him running around that's the relationship factor that i think is huge is like getting to understand them get it and knowing their families right that's the biggest piece for me um is that yeah, I think, you know, for me, the one thing that I've really learned over the past couple years as head coach is 
you got to build a relationship with parents too. I have a mother's club. Uh, you know, I have a head mom for each grade and I communicate with them, you know, about, Hey, this is what we got for the week. You know, this, you know, they set up our team meals, things like that. So you have, you're right. You have to build those relationships, not only with your players making that constant effort, but with the parents as well. And I, and I think another thing that's led to our success is, uh, you know, I've really tried to, you know, I have a great relationship with our administration, our other teachers here at school. I mean, those guys, those teachers and those principals and all that, they're just as important as our, my assistant coaches. They see these kids in class every day. That, you know, they're working with them individually with class. So I got to make sure that I'm intentional going to them. Hey, I see this kid's got, you know, this kid's struggling a little bit with homework. What can I do to help you help him? You know, things like that. So it's it's a whole entire process, you know, and and I think once you once you incorporate all that and and get that all mapped out, you're able to to find you know what relationships you got to focus on the most, you know, and, and then build them because you know it's constantly evolving. You know, one week it might be you really got to make sure you contact the parents about things. It's the players because we know how kids are; they're not always telling their parents what's going on or you know what the schedule is for the week. So you really got to be intentional with you know, and technology's changed that with you know Google Classroom, whatever app you use to communicate. You know, that's one thing that I've really tried to focus on is making sure that I'm aware of our relationship with parents, administration, uh, and other teachers and things like that. So that's been big for me. So what, how's one way that you do that, though, with parents, Coach Hale? Like, I'm just curious because oh, yeah, we, we, we have, do well. I think that I do well, but I could everything we can get better at. Um, and, you know, so what, what are the things that you do for that? So we'll have right before we start some workouts here in a couple of weeks, I have a parent meeting right away in the summer. I outline everything, you know, outline everything they're going to need for summer workouts. When we start our, you know, our, our summer days, you know, camp days, and then we get ready to start two days. So just outlining that. And then I, you know, again, I think the biggest thing for me has been having a, a parent in charge of each grade and then they communicate with all the other parents. That's been really big. I like that. I like the, yeah, you know, our old, our old head coach who's our athletic director did that. And it's something that I really liked and, and took off of him. And it, it just makes your life easier when you have those people. And then, you know, I think for me, being at a small school, also the relationships, you know, you got to trust the people you have around you. And, and my coach, because all my coaches aren't in school. You know, I got guys that are working in some factories, guys that are working other jobs and aren't in the school. So I got to be able to trust them when I plan our practice, that they're going to look at it, be ready to go, you know, know what they're doing for their practice plan. So for me, you know, I, one thing I really think that's helped our program, you know, is we have our, our coaches meeting every Sunday and, you know, we, you know, we're there for five, six hours game plan and building those relationships. I know I can count on those guys to be there. So that's something that, that's been really beneficial for me, just building those relationships with my, my assistant coaches because they're just as important as you are as head coach. I mean, I, that's, that's huge. And I, I hope that everybody listening have got a couple strategies that they think could really help them or their staff because I know a lot of it is coaches and, you know, some different things that listen to us. So relationships is a big part of the puzzle. And the second puzzle we want to talk about uh, we're going to do it in a second here, and that is, is getting into a little bit more of philosophy. So, Donnie, transition us in that bad boy. Let's go. All right. So, first thing you got to do is you got to capture them hearts to get the most out of these boys, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the next thing, though, is making sure that that you're building your offense or defense to match your players. And, you know, the famous saying is players, not plays. It's one of the oldest sayings in the book. It's a skill, though. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, it's not something I did great when I was younger. When I was a younger head coach, I definitely thought a little bit more about the schemes and the concept I wanted to run and less about uh, the the players, right, and matching that. So, you know, Jason, as a part of this journey, right, to get where you're at, what strategies have you found about matching that personnel with what you're going to do schematically? Yeah, uh, a big thing for us is, you know, like you said, evaluating. So, you know, we kind of get together as a staff and evaluate what we have, you know, for each season. Like, you know, we these last couple of years, we've had a, a ton of skill guys. So we know, you know, we got a, we got some some not pretty good. We got really good skill guys. So kind of morphing to more of a spread, you know, a spread look, um, things like that, you know, compared to where when I got, to, you know, when we have a lot of linemen, I know we can run some more, you know, run some more tight sets and double tight, things like that. So, you know, I think that for us, the biggest thing is just evaluating what we have. Are you able to get into all your sets, you know, your formations, your personnel groupings? Um, that's kind of where I start is this is what we have. What what groupings can we get into and, and make it successful? Because, 
one thing that I found out during our playoff run last year is we really tried to simplify things. So we kind of got back to basics during our playoff run, you know, with our offensive linemen and, and, our, and our skill guys just being basic. So really going back to, you know, running that inside zone, running power, running trap, you know, we really simplified and, and just trying to keep it simple for kids because when kids play fast, they don't have to think and you have success. So that's kind of what, you know, where, where, where we're at with that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you guys my perspective because I'm the, the positional coach here, right? Like my, my job is to support coach Stout and, and, and coach Ward's main, you know, vision for the offense. And, and I already know the scheme and kind of the setup of what coach Stout wants to run. And so me, I get a little more nuanced look of like, all right, like I, I don't have to worry about deciding between zone or power or counter. Like Stout's the one putting in the, you know, hours and hours and hours of decision-making on that. But I, I I'm with you guys on kind of, I don't think enough people look at what kind of personnel and what kind of physical abilities their kids have and be like, okay, what can we do with this? Right. So I try and look at my group like that. I did last year. I'm trying to do it again this year of look at, okay, what are they physically capable of? I'm not going to do the same drill for a group that has the size, the strength, the athleticism. I'm not going to do the same pole drill where I have them pull in a half circle to move their feet a little quicker. Right, over and over again. I'm going to do a drill that works on their push post transition to bull rush, replace their hands, anchor their hips. Right. You, I kind of look and say, okay, here's, here's the system we have. What drills can I do that I learned as a player that can most enhance their ability in this scheme and for our team, you know, in, in a way that can set them up with their athleticism, with their strength, with what they have. So I that's, think that's, most unique thing about high school football is right we don't get to choose our kids whoever's enrolled in your school who comes out for football that's who you have so you have mo- mo- most schools <laughs> great point I'm not gonna point i'm not continue even gonna on that's uh, all i'm gonna say a fact is though like you can't pick your kids right like i don't get to go pick the best guys for that certain mm-hmm. offense that i get so as Coaches in high school, you have to be able to adjust and adapt and change your your schemes and different things. Like the most unique thing last year, our quarterback that we pretty much planned to have last year, right, just absolutely botched his grades at the end. We tried to get him into like, you know what I mean, at the end, get his testing, get all his work in, ended up being ineligible. What we've practiced and, you know, did our seven-on-ones with the coaches, you know what I mean, throughout that time had completely now changed, right? Because now we have a first-year quarterback kid that's never played quarterback only. We just put the best kid that we thought, you know, had leadership skills, came in, did work out every day and work hard at quarterback. And for us, that was also us having to adjust as coaches. Now then he's fast, right? He runs read option well. He can't really throw the ball that well, right? We have a dog running back in Amir Brown that's been a two-year first all-team all-city first team all-city cat right since the sophomore year um and so we're gonna run the field right we're gonna change it up a little bit we, we ran a lot of a lot more motion and a lot more triple option a lot and we weren't even really running triple option with our jet motion and stuff like that we just had to evolve and be able to get the balls to our, our to our athletes especially in the city where where I'm at right now right I have a ton of athletes like this year we have the problem of like how are we going to get every athlete that's on our team because we got 26 returning letterman how are we going to get them to rock right like how are we going to make sure that everybody gets a little piece of the 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 love right and so for that's where it's just ever all these is different right because i bet coach coach Hale, like your own tenure it was probably a little complicated to figure out like what your personnel was going to be how your matchup how who you were going to get the rock to because you know what i mean you at 0-10, it's really tough, especially by the time you get to 0-8, right? Like, now you're trying to get practice rolling at 0-8. That's, that's, a, that's brutal. But yeah, I think the you learn, uh, you know, when that first year 0-10, you learn to run your base play in about 97 different looks and, and formations you're trying to run. You're trying to run, you know, your base stuff, but you got to do it in multiple ways. So it gets tough, you know, with that. But then, you know, like last year when we were rolling – you know, like you said, it's it's getting your guys the ball. It's putting them it's putting them in position to do well. And I feel like that's one thing I've really grown as the past couple of years is, all right, we know this works. Let's make sure that we get this guy the ball, you know, in a certain set. And we kind of, you know, I think one thing I'm really trying to do better, you know, is we kind of 
and Kyle, you can attest this, you know, because you guys have got playmakers about getting your guys the ball, tracking those, you know, how, how many touches are they actually getting, things like that. So, you know, because as a play caller, you're not – you're getting a flow with things. And and uh, that's one thing I've really been trying to improve on, Paul, is just making sure we get our, our guys the ball, you know, the guys that are playmakers the ball. So that's, that's one thing we try to do. What's really funny about you saying that, Jason, is <laughs> that's something I've never done. Like, and, and, and I've actually – so for me – on my call sheet, I know who my playmakers are. Right. And every week, I'm putting down the specific plays yeah. on the game plan. Hey, yeah. here are the three, four, five ways to get those playmakers the ball. Right. But I've never tracked it. In fact, that's yeah. something I want to do this year. And I have that written down about talking about is I'm going to have an assistant track that this year a little bit because I think it helps with the rhythm a little bit. Sure. And I saw last year how – you know, getting some catches or getting some touches or some targets to some guys early, how much that can pay dividends later when you get into that fourth quarter. Just giving those bit. kids confidence, right? I caught one yeah. early. Now I can catch that deep yeah. ball later. And so so all confidence in my tra opinion. tracking tracking those touches or targets is huge. And that's gonna be something that I've never done and we're gonna do this year. Um, you know, a big thing for us that I've always thought. Now I'm calling well. my offensive coordinator after this. We're tracking our <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm about to track that. Do back. it. Yeah, we're going to. And then you know, um, you know, I look at it like this: like week one, we weren't tracking right, and we had a game plan to protect a younger quarterback and and use our defense and pound the ball, and it was a really tight game, right? Uh, and, and then we started to open up and started to throw a little bit more, right? And this kid got into a rhythm, right? And you look at it, and it's like, man, we didn't really do that till third, fourth quarter, but establishing that a little bit earlier. We really evolved a lot as the year went on. A big thing we used to always do too, or we, we do do, is we rank our top 20 players. So we look at our roster and we say, okay, rank them. Who are the best 20 kids on this team? I don't even care what size, position, skill, whatever. What are the best 20 guys we have? And then we start to try to fill the roster with that uh, and to try to get our very best on the field. Um, and, you know, this offseason, I had each one of my coaches rate their returners. I had them rate them. I said on a scale of 1 to 10, I want you to give your kid a, a, who's going to be a returner a rating and talk about a little summary of maybe what he does well or what he needs to work on. And then I also had my assistant coaches rate an overall letter grade their unit and that way i could kind of tell okay who's going to be our playmakers how strong do we think we're going to be maybe this year up front how strong are we going to be maybe outside at receiver and when i can know some of the strengths of our unit i'm going to know a little bit more of the philosophy and the play concepts and and, and what we're going to do um and then i i take that into the film study man i love the off season. I, I love. Get, I wanted to get to that piece so bad. The off-season film sessions are. Great. I I love, Coach Tube. Please, no one on here ever tell my wife what I spend on there. <laughs> right. I love the hopping on and looking at and learning these different concepts that are going to fit your team. The internet has been one of the best things for coaches out there. Period. Clinics. Uh, clinics. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, the last thing is this. Don't be afraid to play around in the summer. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that was never done when I was on a lot of other staffs a little bit. Um, or maybe I wasn't the sole play caller. For me in the summer, I'm playing around a little bit. Like, I know what my core is. I know what we're going to do. And a little bit for me is playing around. And I will take these formations or these concepts or these types of tweaks that I think might be good. And to me, it's perfect. Like we've already talked on here. We don't get spring ball. You know what I mean? So we're already a little bit behind the ball, figuring things out. And I love using the early part of the summer to play around with personnel playmakers and schemes to get an early look of, can this be a great thing? And you know what? Like, why not? Like, you don't lose anything off it. It either works really great and you're going to build on it, or you're going to be like, you know what? It, it didn't work as good as I thought it would, and we're not going to do it then. I feel like, too, when kids see you doing that and see you try new creative stuff, they're going to get excited and want to and want to do well, too. So you get that buy-in when, when kids see that, you know, hey, we're not doing the same old, you know, trips right, trips left. We're, we're trying something new, a new look, a new way to do something. So you know, that creates that buy-in because you, you're, you know – 
your kids have to buy into what you're doing. And that's one thing that our guys have done a great job with us as we've really progressed these last couple of years is they're buying into what we're teaching, man. They're, you know, they're kind of on the weight room. They're running our plays hard and, and competing. So that creates that buy-in, man, when you do that. I think, I think that's huge. Like and for me, like during, for, you know, getting our players the ball, right. Getting that stuff right. Is like making sure that everybody's on the same page, right? Like all of our coaches are on the same page with that and stop saying they rank their top players, right. Those meetings get, might get a little heated, but one thing that I always do with our coaches is I have, as a head coach, right, our after-season meeting with every one of our coaches, um, just one-on-one, and really I rate them in 10 different scales, right? Um, and, and I take, you know, I'm a little crazy, right? Like I take notes on each one of my coaches throughout the season, uh, and I take their attendance, right? I have a coach that takes attendance for my football players, but I take our coaches' attendance, right? Like how many minutes were you late? How much time of instructional football practice did you miss, right? Those were things that I was struggling with at the beginning of my career as a head coach, right? Um, getting the right guys in there, make sure everybody was at practice at time on time, right? Um, trying to throw things together. But now um, I think a lot of it, it's getting your players in the position is coaching, right? Making sure that your coaches are on the same page and also having them there at practice. That's a huge thing for us in the city is like making sure that you have your coaches there so that the players know, Oh, I have to be there too. Right. Like I, I don't want to, I, I tell our coaches all the time, like if you're coming late and you're doing all that, you need to be running to the field, just like, as I'm going to expect my kid, our kids, right? Like if I'm telling our kids run to the field, when you're late, show urgency, be there on time. Or, you know what I mean? Like if you're in doing study tables or something a little later with teachers, run out to the field, show me that you want to be at practice, right? Like you want to be here instead of you get to be here. It sets a standard. Um, right. And, and we do that as coaches, right? Like, and then also, like, our next – my next thing about, like, getting guys the ball is, like, we're talking about a lot about our own personnel, but we we as coaches on at Northland, right, we try to find the fish is what we call it, right? Find the fish. We always say who's the worst player on that other team. And, and you know, we always – we will attack that player if it, we find the worst DB and we find the worst guy up front or inside the box, right? And we're running at him or we're throwing at him and we're trying to find matchups to where we got we can get our best guy on their worst guy right it doesn't matter if that's maybe motioning right starting out three by one or starting out two by two motion and three by one um so that we get that matchup right maybe changing the number two receivers on the line so our single receiver can go across the formation so that now they have to run with them, right we do multiple different things to make sure that we get the matchups that we want in the game um, against that other personnel as well, right? So um, I think that's a, a huge thing in high school football. And I also tell our coaches, right, you don't have to beat the 30 to 40 to 50, 60-year-old guys across us, right? We have to beat 18, 17, 16, 18-year-old kids, right? We have to beat them. Um, and we have to confuse them. So that's one of the big points for us. Man, that's that's awesome and a lot a lot of great points. And I think um, we do that as well. You know, we we identify all those things. And I hope everybody listening today got a couple points about building relationships, or maybe you got a couple points about um, a little bit of this how, how we match personnel. Because to me, it's something I'm still trying to get better at. I don't think it's something you ever just hey, I'm the expert at it. I think if you're always you, going to. If evolve. you get to that point, right, and you say you're an expert, then you might as well you got to hang your whistle up, right? Like you mm-hmm. should learn how to. Uh, you you should learn something new every single day in the business that we're in. I swear, Man. every day I learn something new. Absolutely, Sayers, wrap this up for us, baby. Let's get going. Listen. We appreciate everybody that comes on here, you know what I mean, and logs on with us and and make sure that they're supporting us. Coach Hale has done an amazing job over at his school. He went from 0-10 to champs, and that's that's the title of our program today. Um, We also talked a little bit about relationship building. We got a great guest um, coming next week, one one of my dogs, right? Coach Stout, can I say – are we allowed to say at the end of the year? Absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, Okay. So we're bringing one of my dogs on here, a guy that got hired as well um, during the time that I got hired, Coach Bell. And we have bounced so many ideas off each other. He was the state coach of the year. He was the city league coach of the year. He took – he's another guy that took a program that was a losing, losing program and now has guys that got D1 offers. They went to the – you know what I mean? They went to the third round. They won playoff games. Whatever. You guys will hear a lot about it next week. But 
we are excited for that one. Please subscribe. Please do, you know, download, do everything that you can, you know, leave comments. Let us know what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. Let us know what you want to make sure, you know, Stout wears as a shirt next week. It don't have to always be dog pound. I'll wear whatever. Um, make sure you let Donnie Mac know what you want in his background. He uh, <laughs> Something. <laughs> Jersey's going up by this weekend, <laughs> I promise. Something. I'm not saying it, it can be anything. It can be just <laughs> give it to him. But we appreciate everybody. Thank you for joining 614 Headsets. Um, I hope you guys all got something out of this as well. And we appreciate it, and we'll see you again next week. One love, everybody. Appreciate it, everyone. Appreciate it, Coach L. Thanks, guys.